0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Things Above. It's time to bring an eternal perspective to our present day circumstances. Today, I'm going to talk to you a little bit in honor of the fact that it is National Teacher Appreciation Week, and we do appreciate our teachers out there. I am a former vocational teacher. I am a forever teacher because no matter what I'm doing in life, I find I always wind up teaching somebody. So I appreciate those out there who dedicate their time, their training, their energy into teaching children, especially children that don't belong to them, take them into their care and they invest in them. And so we do honor and thank God for our teachers out there this week, especially in the past year, it's been so crazy. However, I also want to take a moment today to talk to all the moms out there, and not just the moms, but maybe you're a a woman out there who has children and younger people in your life that you are influencing. You are all teachers as well, and that's what we're going to talk about today. No matter where you are in life right now, no matter what job or undertaking or projects or roles that you're playing right now, it's safe to bet there's probably someone looking up to you and being influenced by you, by your example of how you live each day, by the words that you say, by the the way that you do your work, the things that you do, your priorities. And so today on this National uh, Teacher Appreciation Week... I just thought this would be a good opportunity for me to address everyone in their teaching role. And when I say everyone, I mostly mean moms because I'm a mom, I'm a woman. I figure maybe there's some guys out there listening to me, but um, I I don't have experience being a man myself. So I'm going to speak more about my experience as a woman from that point of view and studying the Bible from that point of view and in my own life. But it's safe to say you probably have people looking up to you, watching you. And sometimes we just go along and we're not fully aware of this. We're living, we're watching others. We're learning from others. We're making decisions for ourselves. And we're thinking of others, but we're not always aware of the fact that we indeed have an audience that is watching us. Now, a teacher in a classroom, by training, tries to set up the classroom and does everything in the classroom in order to best um, create the best environment possible for every student in that classroom to engage in the lesson, to engage with positive behaviors, and to also be able to connect with the learning material with the teacher personally, and be able to personalize that lesson and add it to their own, you know, to grow themselves as a student. So a teacher is always thinking about those things within the classroom. And that's part of what you are trained to do as a teacher. But in life, according to the Bible, all of us are expected to be teachers to some extent. As a woman, we see in the book of Titus in verse three of chapter two, the Lord is addressing um, older women and he talks about them teaching the younger women. And at the end of that verse, it specifically zeros in on being encouraging the older women to be teachers of good things. And then after that, it kind of enumerates and goes on to fully more describe what some of those examples of good things might be. But I think that's a great phrase in, in that even though I'm not an maybe you know relatively an older woman right now, if I live to be an old age, God's plan for me is to become a teacher of good things and i don't have to wait to start doing that until i have so many gray hairs or achieve a certain age, certain number of candles on my birthday cake, but i can start to keep an eye on that as i'm growing now that that's what i'm going to be growing into. and that's god's desire for my life is as i'm learning and growing, i'm going to be a teacher of good things to others. and as a mom, i'm going to be um responsible, according to the Bible, to teach my children good things. And those good things by definition would be God, who he is, the law. And what is the law? It's not checking off a list of things that you do or don't do. The law, according to Jesus, is to love God and to love your neighbor as yourself. In order to love God, you want to know God. So I have to know God. And if I'm going to teach who he is to my children. So as a mom, as a growing Christian, I am a teacher. Some people are gifted with a special ability for teaching from the Holy Spirit. They get the spiritual gift of teaching. And you may see these people, they're the people who love to share information. They're the people who love to try to help by give, telling, explaining things to you. Um, they may not be the person who will come up and give you a hug and let you cry on their shoulder or, say, they're there, it's going to be okay. Or they may not always be the people to walk up and say, oh, you're doing it all wrong. You need to do it this way. They may not be the people who would come up and say, I'm going to create a system for you so that um, we can manage everything and get it just right in place for you. And that will help you. No, the teachers are the ones who seek to enlighten and, and give you truth in your life by giving you information, sharing what they've learned sharing about the Bible, sharing. You probably know people like this. They are natural teachers. They just love to share whatever they've been learning. And so those people have a natural ability to teach. But that doesn't mean that everyone else that maybe doesn't have that special gifting of the Holy Spirit for teaching, that doesn't mean that they are not teachers as well. Perhaps they have to use their gifts that God has given them as their leverage point for being a teacher. So that's why you see some teachers are really good at organizing and creating that good environment for learning. Maybe they have an administrative gift. Some teachers are really great at lecturing. They can, they can point out and call out interesting stories and they have that charisma to um, bring about, um, to, to make you think about hard questions and to have debate, um, the, like the prophets and those with that gift of prophecy of saying it how it is. They are the prophet type of teachers. So you can see there's the comforting teachers, the teachers who are are merciful. A lot of them I find are teachers of small children. They have that gift of mercy for comforting a child, being patient with the child, encouraging the children to get along. And so you can see how there is a gift of teaching, but really we are all expected to be a teacher on some level. And that leads me to another point I would like to make, something to think about. Maybe, I know in our world right now, we, we sort of divide up people into groups. There's the people who go to public schools, and have their children sent to public school to be educated there are people who have their kids in private schools or charter schools or they have private tutor and there are homeschool families there's lots of different ways to achieve an education right but we kind of um i think that the homeschool mentality really though is when you boil it down to the basic principle of teaching your children and and that you are responsible for educating your children at the end of the day, because no matter what, you're, how, what route you're using to give them their education, your the decisions lie with you, and, and you are to be guiding that process. We could almost say this week, every mom can be kind of a homeschool mom. So let's talk about that. Okay. So you're probably there and you might be thinking, I am not a homeschool mom and I'm not cut out to be a homeschool mom. Well, let me tell you, actually, not that many people really are cut out or just naturally gifted to be a quote unquote homeschool mom. Homeschool moms sort of assume some things that like you're super patient. You're always cleaning your house, organizing the children's Papers for school, doing um, multi sensory activities where they're creating beautiful crafts and going on field trips all the time. And you do all of this while managing your money perfectly so that you have a Groupon for everything and you use organic ingredients and everything and you make everything from scratch. We kind of have this association of what it means to be a homeschool mom. And there are some awesome moms out there that do have a gift for that and they're able to do all of those things. And kudos to them. If that is the definition of success, though, I will tell you I am a miserable failure. So I don't think that in itself can be the definition of success because I just trust God and I'm pretty sure I'm not failing completely at life right now because if I was, I think he would be intervening in some way and and maybe, I don't know, um, changing some things in my life if I was absolutely failing and we wouldn't be experiencing the good fruit that we're having right now. So Um, It's not that it's perfect, but I'm just saying that what we have is from the grace of God. It's not because I have a particular skill set that is just allowing me to, you know, rock this and knock it out of the ballpark because I don't. Okay. I have a low tolerance for noise. I like, and I have four kids, three of whom are boys. So let me just tell you every day. Almost all of my nerves get stepped on and I'm having to be in a habit of giving myself some time and making a space to step away and get some quiet because I need that so that I'm not a crazy woman. And that's perfectly fine. If I need that every day to be a good mom and to do the work that God has for me to do, there's nothing wrong with me being open and saying that, yeah, I have an issue with that and I have to manage it. So um, the same goes for anything. You have certain gifts that you have to use as a mom and as a teacher, but you might. So, but that brings us back then to where I was saying of every mom having, being a homeschool mom, maybe your gift is in organizing and scheduling and making things run smoothly, communicating and coordinating various people and times and events on a calendar and so you may have a different role to play. Maybe your role, God has called you to be um, incorporating more places, resources, and people into the education of your child. You may be able to handle both the working outside the home or inside the home as most people are, <laughs> a lot of people are working at home right now, but still requires juggling. It's it's no less. Sometimes it's it's more difficult in some ways because you have to create the quiet spot to work. But, um, you know, just you may be called to have your child learn in not a what would be on paper a homeschool setting, but using a school to do that and using, you know, um, working together with teachers to accomplish that. It doesn't change the fact, though, God has called you to teach your child. So if you are overseeing that process. And you're coordinating that process. Maybe you're kind of the life coach in that process, whether it's with a school. Maybe it's online school um, and there's an online teacher, but you are facilitating that. You're still responsible to teach them the day in and day out of knowing God. And that is the beginning of all knowledge, right? The fear of the Lord. Is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy of understanding right so that is the foundation upon which all learning will happen so you no matter what are really like a homeschool mom when it comes to teaching the most important things and as homeschool moms doesn't mean that we just can hide out in our house and we go oh i guess i don't have to worry about coordinating with other people or doing this sometimes it's just a matter god has called me to do this in this way and I still have to pull in other resources. I still have to juggle schedule changes and uh, the work that I do and and how I'm going to coordinate that working together with my husband. So it's just that God has called me to keep them at home to do this right now and that we are um, we're doing it side by side day by day rather than maybe splitting up to different environments for segments of the day. So anyway, all of that aside. Um, the mentality, though, the heart of it is teaching your children who God is day in, day out, no matter what you're doing. You're just always bringing it along and you're inviting him into every moment of what you're doing, which is quite honestly can be humiliating at times when you're losing your temper because then, you know, you start to feel the Holy Spirit. Oh, I have to come clean with my kids about this. And I have to admit when i'm wrong in front of them and i can't always just rely on my own wisdom sometimes i'm gonna have to tell them i just don't know we're gonna have to wait and find out about this and ask you know for insight from the lord ask for counsel from wise people i'm not gonna have the answers to every question and sometimes you're gonna be bad at getting their schedule arranged so that they're not getting enough sleep and all that because guess what that's life and you know what? It is we we are responsible to set the environment and the tone for our kids. But when they're melting down and 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 having and struggling because they didn't get enough sleep, part of that could be on you, but also it's up to them to learn to control themselves because life is not going to come back later and go, "Oh yeah, we'll excuse that behavior because you didn't get enough sleep last night." So there is a a ground there where you're you're teaching them those habits of thinking and living. With walking with the Lord so God's idea of education doesn't really never in the Bible does it bring up you know the educational system that you you divide that up and you that's something that we have devised to meet the needs like you know grades Are there really grades no first grade second grade we completely make that up not because it's absolutely necessary but because it's how we organize and manage the learning process of the kids and um so i guess for me at this stage what i enjoy about homeschooling is i don't have to worry about those outside Management so much, I can focus more on you know just the the bare bones of what it means to learn and be educated. So, um, but that's the heart of what I'm getting to here when um, I'm saying that we're all called to be teachers for our children in the Bible in Deuteronomy there's a passage in chapter six starting in verse four and it's called the shema and um this is the Hear, O israel the lord our god is one lord and thou shalt love the lord thy god with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might and this is what jesus said all of the law of the prophets hangs on this in the new testament he says that later to love god and then to love your neighbor as yourself because if you love God, you will love ne- your neighbor. But it goes on in this in this chapter in Deuteronomy as God is speaking to the children of Israel. And he says, and these words, which I command thee this day, shall be in thine heart. This is not just a head thing. It's your heart. That means your will. That means you willingly follow God. You don't just know about God and know his law, but you accept it for yourself. You follow it yourself of your own free will. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shall talk of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down and when thou risest up and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes and thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. So he's saying here, wherever you go, whatever you're doing, whether you're at home, whether you're going somewhere, whether you're going to bed, whether you're getting up, always having your mind on the Lord and teaching of him to your children. You're living it. You're not just it's not just something that you religiously do, but that you are living out your faith with your children and teaching them who God is day by day. It's always there on your mind. If it, it It's the thing through which all your decisions pass. And I don't mean this in a legalistic way. Okay, children, well, I don't know which uh, brand of bread to buy. Let us consult the Bible. No, I don't mean that. I mean that. As you go about your day, your habits of living, the things that you do each day are informed and shaped by the word of God, not in a legalistic way, but in a desire of love for him to walk with him and walk in his ways and to be a light to the world around you. In order to teach them diligently, that means that every decision that you make as you're living with your children and and building a relationship with them and teaching them about every subject. Every decision that you make will be filtered and informed by God's word and your relationship with Him and the guiding of the Holy Spirit. That's the diligence. It, it's something you do all the time without stopping because it's important, because it's powerful, because you recognize it truly is the best way of living and that it's the authority of God that you're following. Again, not in a legalistic way where you, you check off this list and so now God needs to bless me and everyone will know that I'm a good Christian. No, 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 no. It's in the heart. It's because you believe with your heart that he is God and that he is love, that he is the only way and that his word is true. And therefore, because he died for you to save you from your sins and rose from the dead, You want to follow him. You want to serve him. And you want to live in a way that brings him glory and honor in everything that you do. If everything that we are teaching our kids, everything that we are putting in front of them to watch, letting them listen to, every influence that we are allowing into their lives, if those things are all informed by the leading of the Holy Spirit and by god's word and and our and our desire to please him and follow him and glorify him with our lives it is going to affect everything that we do each day and it's going to affect the way that we administer their education if they're in a school we're going to be mindful of who is teaching them and what they are teaching them when they come home and they share something that maybe encounter to god's word we're going to prepare them for that so that they know that what you're teaching them is not a lie or brainwashing but that you have a reason to believe those things and you will train them up to be strong to believe that too because if it's not worth defending then why are we doing it in the first place if we don't really have the truth why do we want to pass this on to our children if it's not the truth you might as well just send them to do whatever they want but if it is true and we do believe that. Then it's worth training them to defend it and accept it and see it so that they can make an informed choice on their own as they get older. And as they are ready, they will be exposed as they're maturing. You can decide and prayerfully decide how they are exposed to different influences, to different arguments. Not every kid is ready for everything at the same time. You may not be ready for all influences to come in. And challenge what you're teaching in your family at all times. So you just follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. I think when we're thinking about ourselves, if we're all a homeschool mom, in a sense, we're all a teacher. There's not this, there's teaching experts and then the non teaching experts, right? There can be people who have been to college, I am one of them, who have built up expertise on what the best practices are in public education, in certain um, teaching of certain subjects, um, child brain development, these things. You can have expertise in that, but just because you have expertise in those subject areas does not mean that they expertly know what is right for your individual child. God didn't put in the Bible to take your kid to an outside place to have them trained and taught and expertly guided. God gives children to parents and he gives parents everything that they need to train their child up. Now they're not going to be a brain surgeon necessarily. The parents may not be able to teach that. The parents may not be experts in history or science, but they are experts on the child that they have and they are best equipped To learn about their child, to watch them day in and day out and find the resources that that child needs. That's why, at the heart of our public education system, traditionally, it's always been the parents really have the authority over the children because they are their children. They know them best and they know what they want their children to be taught. Their family has a right to pass on their cultural heritage, their language, their family traditions. They have a right to pass on their faith, to train their children in their faith. And a public school cannot do those things. If they did, then they have to start playing favorites. And then it's a game of, you know, measuring everything out into certain buckets. And, um, there, you know, there's always an issue with that and, and equality there. So that's why the parent, as a parent, you really are the ultimate teacher. And in a sense, a homeschool mom so if we're all teachers and we know what God wants us to teach when you boil it down to our children, what are some other things that every mom is qualified to teach or could, or could easily be qualified to teach, right? Because we have to continue our own learning journey throughout life so that we can continually teach those coming up behind us. You never arrive. You're always learning and growing and, You may even change your mind about some things along the way. I know I have. Not about the big things. Not about God. Not about my relationship with Him. Not about my family or my husband. But other things. Other opinions about things. Maybe even some of my convictions. Every now and then they change. And I understand something a little differently. And I realize maybe I have a different thought on that um, than I used to. But what every mom is qualified to teach good things like it says in titus to be a teacher of good things and what might those good things be well in my mind this is just my list okay my, my suggestions for me a good thing has to be something with eternal value it has to be more important than just a daily routine or a courtesy or although courtesies are nice, right? But I mean, we cannot be all perfect all the time. So for me to be a consistent teacher of something, of something good, I want it to have eternal value. I want it to be worth pushing through whatever, ever obstacle I'm doing and, and, and whatever, whenever my flesh might be weak, I, it, it, this is the thing that it's worth getting on my knees and getting through to God to ask for help, to get through, to teach this thing. That's, that's my. Um, my view on this, and uh, kind of along the lines where they say too many rules is a bad idea. If you have a classroom and you have too many rules, it cheapens the rules because the kids can't keep all the rules all the time. So they they're going to zero in on okay, well, what's the thing that will most get me in trouble, or what's the thing that you know that I need to do most? So it's better to have simple rules that cover the heart of things that you can refer to and reinforce constantly. So that's that's my principle here. If I'm focusing on the eternal things, it's going to weed out the background noise. It's going to keep me from being distracted by minor annoyances or my personal preferences. I can know that I'm going to the mattresses for something that's worth dying for, right? So what eternal things? Well, I, I think for children, children have a hard time in, comprehending at times what is eternity? What is God? What is what, – these things are – they're abstract, they're, you can't see them. And so teaching children habits can be a good way to train them to accept things of eternal importance and character traits. So teaching them good habits and those good habits may look differently in how you teach them from home to home, but habits of learning, habits of being thoughtful, habits of being kind, habits of being respectful, of being obedient, habits of reading, reading really, but not just reading anything, reading good stuff. It's kind of a good idea to start encouraging your children at a young age to think about what is a good thing to spend your time on. And you're going to have preferences. Some parents absolutely can't handle SpongeBob. I'll be honest. I love me some SpongeBob sometimes because it is just so stinking ridiculous. And I need that for amusement at times. But I also have to teach my kids that you can't live on SpongeBob, right? And part of the reason it's funny is because it is so ridiculous, but it's not going to be so ridiculous if you don't know what is not ridiculous, right? So teaching them to appreciate good things, beauty, truth, goodness, things that honor God. Right. Not in a legalistic way. Again, like, oh, well, this is doesn't meet this these certain requirements, but in ways that are of the heart, that it's edifying, that it's encouraging good things and good thinking in you that that is based on God's truth. Again, not in a legalistic way, but in a way of glorifying God. That's a good habit. Encouraging that habit of of seeking the good beautiful, and the true. A habit of being like in James where it says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to wrath, gently teaching your child and sometimes, you know, giving them consequences when it's necessary of controlling their emotions, controlling their temper. These are all good habits to teach, of, of loving others, of being friendly. Any mom can teach her child these things. And if you are working on teaching these things, the ABCs, the one, two, threes, the colors, even the second language, they are all going to come so much more easily because the child is going to have a disposition that is a teachable spirit where they are they see learning as a positive thing. They see authority as something that is good for them to help them grow, to help them gain wisdom by following it. Also, the, the more wis- the more they grow in that area, the more they will spot the fakes along the way. The more they will know when, okay, well, this authority isn't quite right. But they will also, because of their if they're developing good habits of respect, They will be thoughtful in how they oppose authority, right? So um, these are good habits for children. Any mom can teach her children these things. And then there's the other habits, the spiritual habits. Reading your Bible every day, praying. Now children need help doing these things when they're little. And you'll have to ask for wisdom and, and ask friends, ask advice of an older mom on how to do this. How we do it is we do it together right now. And I encourage them as they get older to spend that time on their own time on their, in their own decision to do that. But while they're young, we do it together as a family. We make time for that as a family. So any mom is an expert on her children. And the more she applies to know them and to learn about them and to grow herself, the more of an expert she'll be. So I just say all this to encourage you, In this uh, Teacher Appreciation Week, if your child has a teacher, by all means, make a fuss over that teacher and just love on them. They've had the hardest time this past year. And that's part of your job. If if you are co-working with that teacher to educate your child, that's part of your job to encourage them and strengthen them and, and teach your child to listen to them unequivocally um if you can trust them with their education you should be able to trust their authority and for your child to obey them so support them in those ways and if you're the mom at home teaching your child take a moment this week and just find some encouragement for yourself encourage yourself in the lord reach out to another mom who you know is homeschooling it and you know maybe going it alone without the teacher's lounge and the teacher's union and other things to support her. So, um, reach out to her, appreciate each other this week. And let's all thank God for this great responsibility that he's given us this beautiful plan that it's meant to be done from the heart. And when it's done from the heart of service to him and love for him, we are going to have good fruit from this. And we will find that we won't just be teachers of good things but we'll be raising our kids to be teachers of good things. Thanks so much for spending some time with me today. I know you're busy. I know you have a lot of options out there and you chose to listen to me. So I really appreciate it and I take that seriously. If you have a minute, I would so appreciate it if you would like any posts on social media, wherever you're listening to this podcast, like, share, subscribe, follow, whatever digital love you can give would be so awesome and just help grow this podcast. Not because I want to have a glowing podcast career, because I don't really have time for that, to be honest, but because I just want these words and anything that I have to say to find its way to someone who could just use it today, to use it to be encouraged or to share with someone else. So it's all for God's glory. It's the okayest podcast. It's nothing spectacular or marvelous in what I'm doing, but if I'm talking about God and what he can do in our lives, I just think there's got to be something good in there for something that he could for someone that he could use in their life. So that's the whole reason we're here. Remember, raise your gaze.